You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Like a wild I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. Where he is, from Auburn University, Bo Jackson. The correct turn here. Stadium time is 8.32 p.m. Central Daylight Time. In the time of coronavirus, your digital audio device is tuned into the Orange and True podcast, harbored by collegeofmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, good Orange and Truthers. I am Drew Croson at Crow 2 on Twitter or at Crow on Venmo. To one side of me, the via the magic of the internet, the rumor monger, Ryan Starrett, at Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for Spotty Internet. <laughs> Should be a fun one tonight. To the other side of me, also via the ether, giving you full Fort Payne ASMR, a man who knows where those tigers' bodies were buried. The AU Chief. We can't define consciousness because consciousness does not exist. And also... Joining the call is the Athletic.com's own Justin Ferguson. Justin, can you hear me? I can hear you. And Carol Baskin definitely killed that man. Totally. She killed him in the uh, <laughs> Tigers. We'll get into Easily. It. We'll get into it. That's the one thing about that show that I 100% know is, uh, mm-hmm. is, that, is that Don was murdered by his wife and then fed to tigers ryan has just been kicked off the call by skype so things are going great um yeah we're gonna we're gonna start out talking about tiger king so everyone has uh everyone's been caught up and uh chief what would you say what would you say about this show how would you summarize tiger king if you haven't watched it don't worry because you can't spoil this show because it is insane Anything anybody might tell you on this podcast, you will have no idea how those pieces fit together, cannot make the leaps until you see it. And when you see it, it will be crazier than you can imagine. It, uh, man, it is wild. Weird, wild stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Justin, Uh, how do you think of this show in terms of, like, wildest things you've seen on Netflix? Yeah, it's it's definitely up there. And as somebody who grew up in South Alabama, I feel like I can <laughs> fully explain this show to you in one word. And that word is meth. Cuz that's the that's the invisible hand yeah. that animates all of this show. And they don't really get into it until about midway through, but episode 5. It is it is it is insane just how much they fit into that. And <laughs> You know, as somebody, I mean, I've never been a documentarian, but as somebody who's worked on some stuff like that in the past, not not to this scale, I find it so interesting about how that guy just like kind of lucked into probably the craziest thing we've ever seen on Netflix. Like he was filming for forever and it was just like the longer he stayed around, the wilder it got. And yeah. 
I will say though, if you haven't watched it, like this is one of the few things out there where you're like, if you haven't watched it, you're not going to understand the internet right now. So yeah. go ahead and watch it. You've got nothing but time. Yeah. And if you like the beginning of the series, when they're in that parking lot in Miami and that one dude pulls up with a clouded leopard in his car, and that's kind of the beginning of the show, you know, the guy making the film was like, I'm just going to keep pulling on this string because everything I do turns to gold. Like he, and there was an article like in 2016, a buddy of mine sent me from in Texas monthly about Joe exotic. No, it was in 2019. Cause it was right after he went to jail mm-hmm. and about Joe exotic. And it kind of, was the whole thing. And I was like, man, how did I not? Cause I usually read everything in Texas monthly. I love Texas monthly, but like, how did I not see this? But yeah, it is how this wasn't national news because this is such a, a perfect story. Hey, Ryan, are you, Ryan, are you there? I'm back. Yeah, John Oliver I'm had it. And I remember John Oliver having it now that seeing the Netflix, I remember going, oh yeah, I remember mm-hmm. John Oliver having that segment. I, I remember when he was arrested um, because it wasn't long after the the other thing where the guy had like, killed himself and let all his animals loose right in Ohio. So it was, it was, yeah so it's kind of a, a, a connected thing to that and i and i remember <laughs> and who couldn't remember that guy's face once you've seen it joe's like once you've seen joe mm-hmm. exotic you remember what he looks like and uh so i i do remember that but i didn't really look that much into it. I just thought he was one of these weird people that owns a bunch of tigers. Yeah. My only connection to this story before seeing this documentary is I feel like back during 2015, 2016, when he was, whenever he was running for president with that short lived campaign, uh, maybe it was John Oliver who, who did the, the bid on it, but he looked, there's a, there's a bit in parks and rec where Leslie's running for city council where there's her opponent is, Pro gun, you know, gave everybody guns, and, and I think that was the parallel. I was like, oh, it looks like him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was one of the episodes of Parks and Rec where she. Right now, there's a couple of episodes of Parks and Rec that have become extremely prescient. The one where they have mm-hmm. the, the fake pandemic and have to figure out what to do about it. <laughs> it's too. It's getting too real. Like my wife and I tried to tried to watch the episode, the, the first episode of Last Man on Earth. And we gave up. Like, no, this is too it's too close to home these days. <laughs> like way too close to home. It's crazy the the Tiger King, uh, how like like I said earlier, like if you don't if you haven't watched it, you're not gonna understand the internet. And like I feel like since this is an Auburn podcast, I can tie this in a little quick quickly here. <laughs> Gu- Gus Malzahn has watched it. Yeah. yeah. Gus, Gus, Gus Malzahn consumes so little pop culture. It's amazing. And that's just kind of the, 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 the time that we live in. To the fact that he asked me and Marcelo about it on our call that we had with the beat writers the other day. Because, right, y'all seen you know, Tiger King. Bre- yeah. This is Bre- well, Brandon, Brandon, like, so I, I think, I think what had happened first was that Gus had revealed on the video he did with Andy Burcham. Last week, last Thursday, I think, said, oh, I watched Tiger King. Oh, it's pretty wild stuff. And so we started asking him questions about it. And we're at the end of this this big Zoom call with Gus, and I'm, like, trying to get a football question in at the end. Like, I'm trying to do my job. And, like, before I start talking, Gus goes, 
Oh, do you think uh, you think Carol killed her uh, killed her husband? I was like, yeah, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. But Gus is so non-controversial that he didn't want to say that. But like, I can tell you behind the scenes, I can look into his soul through the Zoom camera. He knows. He knows. He so knows. that's that's who you got leading your football program. A person who who knows who killed who killed Don Bass. At least he's got that. At least he's got that. You can complain about his decision making, but at least he's got that down. He knows. He knows how people are motivated. That's classic football coach. You have to know people's motivations. Oh, for sure. I this think is a shame we didn't get this show like last summer, right before the football season, because the oh, yeah. uh, Joe Burrow, Joe Exotic memes. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> now yeah, we have it, the Bo Exotic. Oh man! Well, if we have a football, oh, that's season. coming. Yeah, yeah, that's coming. <laughs> Bo Exotic is writes itself. You guys, come on now. The uh, the the Photoshop of Bruce is Joe yes. Exotic. Oh my god! One of <laughs> one of the one of the most flawless photoshops I've ever seen in my life. For some reason, Bruce's and Joe Exotic's skin tone are like perfectly matched, and I don't. That's terrifying, and I feel bad for Bruce that I'm saying this, but it works. This is you brought up an interesting thing about Gus that makes me think about something that I hadn't thought about until just now, like. College football and basketball coaches, but football coaches more stereotypically don't do anything but college football. They don't. Oh, right. They go to the facility. They don't read the news. They don't watch TV. They coach football. They some of them sleep at the facility. They come home maybe. What these people have got to be the most stir crazy group of humans on earth right now. Like it is oh. nuts to think about locking a group of men who are not only like that's what they do no one tells them no they are being paid Mm -hmm. multi multiple millions of dollars a year have people who hold their wallets for them probably and book hotel rooms for them probably like they don't have to make decisions like that during the day yet now they're just like everybody else going through this experience that everyone else is having to go through sitting at home watching tiger king has brought us all you know. together. And like Bruce, yeah, Bruce, Bruce is really interesting about this. Cause like the first week, this was all really going down. There was a teleconference or after they canceled the season and they were like, well, what have you been doing? And he's like, I'm just kind of like, I'm watching TV more now. But like, I yeah. like you could tell, like he, you could tell like he didn't know what to watch. Cause he got at one point where it was like, I've missed so much in his, in his time. And then like two days later, Jeff Goodman at stadium put out the list of like, Here's every college basketball. And like he got all of them, which is amazing. It's like every Division One basketball coach's favorite TV show and movie. And I can't remember what Bruce's movie was, but his favorite TV show was Family Guy, and that killed me because it yeah. made a lot of sense. It does. And I was like, sense. that's that's the sign of a guy who has not been watching TV for the last decade at least. And you know, you know- New England. And he, he, he identifies with Peter Griffin, I guess. I don't know. Well, you know, you know when he probably got into Family Guy. When he was out of was a job, <laughs> when he was yeah, out of a no, job yeah, the last yeah. time. <laughs> exactly. Like two exactly. years ago. <laughs> well, like, ago. like, he's watching Tiger King probably now because everyone else is. But, like, yeah. the idea that these guys have to catch up on pop culture and have to figure out what to do from 8 to 5. Like, like what is Gus Malzahn doing at 10 o'clock in the morning, Tuesday? Like, he, he can't go out. He can't play. I guess he can go play golf. They can't really recruit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, Just drawing it's, up it's, plays, it, buddy. 
I'm telling you, we are going to run six quarterbacks out there this year just because <laughs> there's a market out so right much now time. where if, if you're looking for something to do, a lot of people are build some sort of simulator for these college coaches and say, okay, I want to try this play and, yeah. and then see what happens. And it, it's it's kind of like sticks? NCAA 14, but maybe you back it out and maybe a little more simulator wise. Um, and then you can maybe build that from there. You get college coaches on board, flip this into other people wanting to do it. You can make yourself millions of dollars here. I'd love to find out that Gus is just playing Madden. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't think this is. I don't think this is too. Um, I don't think I'll get in trouble for this. But I've, I've uh, uh, which is always what you, which is always you want to say, what you want to say before you start talking. Um, but like, I've been, to, I've been to Gus's house a few times with these like beat writer things that we do, we've done them in the past where he'll just come like right before the season starts. Just like, Hey guys, you know, thanks for not wanting to kill me or vice versa. (laughs) But uh, no, it's always good and hanging, hanging out, talking with him just like off the record stuff. But like his house, he's got like all the consoles for like when recruits come over. Right. Right. But the one thing, but the one thing, and then people know about Gus is there's two things he does. One, he, he's really good at ping pong. Like that's his like that's like his his go to. And number two, he's really into Galaga from when he was growing up. No and way. so he has a he has a Galaga arcade cabinet. He has like an original cabinet <laughs> that's awesome. in his game room. And like like I remember walking over there and I had seen pictures over the board and I believe he had he had said something about it in an interview in the past, so I don't think I'm giving anything away here. But like I went over to it and I remember like looking up the high scores and it was like, oh my god, he really does this like it's <laughs> like a machine. Gus, Gus, Gus. Yeah. Gus, Gus, like, Gus, Gus, Gus. The Gus. fifth one is like ASS because that was hilarious that day. And then Gus, <laughs> Gus, Gus. Some recruit came in and was just like <laughs> RTR. And he's like, all right, yes. let's get this guy out of here. All right, get out of here. Off man. the list. Off how the many list. recruits actually could, could yeah. beat Gus at Gallagher? I'm going to say, how many recruits do you even know play? what Gallagher is? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I barely know what Gallagher is. Yeah, yeah Ryan, and, do you like, know what Gallagher is? Yeah, that was my mom's favorite game when she... No, we lost Ryan again, I think. I had a friend who, in college, who used to... Um, there used to be an arcade at the mall... In my hometown, and he would in high school all summer long, he would just go to the mall and play arcade games and get popcorn and never not the mall, sorry, the movie theater, and never see a movie. <laughs> just go and play. Um, what was the game? Time the Time Cop game. Um, play, oh, crisis. Time, time crisis. crisis. He'd go play Time Crisis two with the foot pedal. Yes. Yes. And he would get um, pop movie popcorn and then just leave. I was like, hey, what an expensive way to spend your day. Because <laughs> movie popcorn, not cheap. Dude, yeah. Unless <laughs> you know somebody there. You can go spend $12 on this popcorn, up. play some Time Crisis. So, and yeah, for that to be the game. <laughs> yeah. So, like, okay, let's go back to Tiger King. Let's get back on topic, you guys. This yeah. is a Tiger King podcast. If... The, if you're interested in watching this show, just know that the first episode starts a little slow. And by that, I mean mm-hmm. you only see one illegally smuggled animal within the first 10 minutes of this show. And you find just out. setting things up. And you find out that there are more tigers in captivity in the United States than in the wild in the world, which is oh, yeah. crazy. 
The I, thing that got go ahead, go ahead, Brett. Now you you go ahead, Parker. Okay. Um. So it, my thing about this was the thing that the thing that struck me. It's everyone who pops up on this show who is like, "Hi, uh, I got into you know big cats, you know, when I was seventeen or eighteen, and bought one off of a newspaper advertisement." <laughs> yeah, I got this off like, of Craigslist. What? You know, in 1987, two grand could get you several tiger cubs, and I'm like, "What in the world is happening here?" Like, yeah, two thousand dollars. Every single one of those people were like, "I got it off of a classified ad." Yeah, well, and, and I'm like, you, "What?" You get pretty deep into the show before they're like, "Oh yeah, breeding tigers is illegal." Like, they don't really <laughs> they like, kind of bury that lead a little bit. Like, they don't tell you straight up front that breeding tigers is illegal. So I, I guess to keep you from thinking about how all these people got these tigers. It's weird to but, think that like, it's not illegal to own a tiger. Right. But it is illegal to buy a tiger. You can't import, you can't, uh, you can't breed them, but yet you can buy one. The tigers are shows up on your property, you can keep yeah, it. Yeah, right. Right. That's yeah. basically it. <laughs> uh, I came in. No tiger show. left behind. Yeah, exactly. So I came into the show, I had watched this like, documentary on youtube i think it was a nat geo thing um with my son because he was wanting to watch tiger videos and we (laughs) ended up watching this whole thing about tigers in in the u.s and how um their genetics they're not the same tigers that are in the wild not even just from behavior but, but they're just genetically not the same anymore um and but they're i already i had known that there were more in in the u.s and (laughs) <laughs> someone asked me earlier today if they that if I thought this documentary would have the same effect on the the tiger trade or the industry whatever as blackfish did on on SeaWorld and that and and I said no mm-hmm. that that was a that was a corporate I- industry like uh this is just private people private people own these things and they'll keep owning these things that movie rules too and and they'll the the people all think they're doing something good though and oh, that's yeah. what that's what the documentary I watched was is that people were trying to explain. And Carol Baskin may have actually even been in that in that uh, that documentary. But people were trying to explain that all these people think they're doing good, but they're not because these are not the same. These these tigers are not continuing the species like we need to do in the wild. And like you okay. can't reintroduce these tigers. Right. It's funny because you you'll see like if you go to any zoo in 2020. There will be signs about how this zoo is trying to preserve or conserve this animal in the wild. Right. We want you to see the pangolin or whatever it is. Right. So we can save the pangolin in the (laughs) wild. Right. Um, Whereas that is exactly what Doc Antils would say he is trying to do. Yes. Yet most zoos that I know of are not also running a sex cult and and maybe murdering tigers on the side. The thing they, the thing they keep an eye on you, Montgomery. Yeah. (laughs) The thing they kind of touch on though, is that zoos are buying from these people too. That's who should be buying. They kind of brush over it. It, uh, The, the thing that in that documentary that I'd watched before, I think like almost all the tigers in this country are, can, their genetic lineage goes back to two tigers brought into the U.S. in the 1980s or something like that. Whoa. Which is crazy. Well, like, to me, the, the, the damning thing about Carol Baskin is her entire argument could be 
undone by just saying, well, then why aren't you giving them to the zoo? Yeah. Like there is, there's a mechanism in this country whereby big cats are taken care of. People can go see them. Money is raised to take care of these cats in the wild. Like she didn't invent the zoo. Well, there, there's, like there's, there's a zoo in her hometown. There's, there's too many. There's too many tigers though that get abandoned that need a place to go. Then that can't go to zoos. Like it just there's too many of them. That's how many tigers are in the U.S. Oh, there's one. There's literally one of these tiger things, just like Carol Baskins, um, right outside of my hometown in Texas. Oh, Come there's on. one. They, they, had, they had a show on Animal Planet for a while. There's one in Atala, Alabama. Yeah. Just, just a short trip from Fort Payne. Uh, Carnell Williams' hometown. There we go. There's too many tigers in the country. Uh-huh. There's Clemson, the- Auburn, <laughs> LSU, a lot of tigers. <laughs> I, also, I also like how Chief was mentioning how, like, the th- brushing aside, it kind of brushes past this. There's so much stuff on this show that there are, like, Big things that are brushed aside. Yeah, and if yeah. you haven't watched the show, let me give you a, a hint into what happens. Early in the documentary, first few episodes, an employee gets her arm ripped off <laughs> by a, by a live animal, and it is not in the top 100 of things of consequence <laughs> that happen in this. She rubs some dirt in it and gets back to work the She's next week. She's got to be 19 insane. years old. She's got to be 19 years old, and she looks at the camera and goes, I mean, it's going to be two years of reconstructive surgery. Listen, number one, Joe's got to have to pay for that. That's got to be workman's comp. Number two, it's two years. You're 19 years old. You'll be fine. I'm never going to financially recover from this. (laughs) So instead, instead of taking the two years of surgery and making Joe pay for it, she just decides to go back to work on Monday with one arm. (laughs) The best part of that whole bit was... Cut to Joe, and he's got the uh, EMS bomber. Yes, <laughs> he was ready for this. He has an assortment of badges happened. like no one else on the planet. He did not. He, so, yeah, he grabbed a camera. He said, "You got follow me," and he puts on his EMS jacket like he is a dang ambulance driver, and goes over there and solves a problem. And then Stolen comes in and valor, God. Oh, Joe, <laughs> Joe, Joe exotic. Multiple he, he badges. Also, Two two things there. One, he walks into the gift shop and is like, "Well, employee just lost their arm. Y'all want a <laughs> refund or something? Or y'all want to watch? You tell me." And number two, and number two, I don't know, Crow. I don't know if they're going to get workman's comp from a place that gave their employees expired meat from the back of a Walmart truck. They did not just give their employees that meat. They sold uh, it on pizzas to uh, their customers. Uh, <laughs> By far the grossest Spoiler thing that happens on that show by a hundred. And there's so much meth, teeth, and use. <laughs> like but by far the grossest thing is like it's just It makes yeah, we you got, we got we it makes got you really think about the uh Thanksgiving dinner that Joe makes for everybody. Like, did he just get expired turkey? What is this? Number one. Number two, who are these people coming to think imagine you are a fourteen year old girl. Everything sucks. Fortune-year-old girls think everything is the worst, and your dad comes in and goes, "Hey, you just turned down. You just turned down Doc Antle's internship." Sure, exactly. <laughs> and your dad comes in and says, "Hey, listen, Crystal, we Crystal. are going to get Thanksgiving dinner at the Tiger King's place. You think that is the worst, and now you've got to wander in there 
the whole time you're just texting your friends, oh my god, this guy has got a sparkly shirt on. <laughs> you hate it. I think that I cannot imagine the families that are like, I would I would be doing Thanksgiving at home with my wife and kids. Or <laughs> or we can go to the Tiger King's place and maybe see some Tiger Kings. Like Come on, y'all come on down and eat some expired potato salad next to a Komodo dragon. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you eat this turkey real quick, this 5,000-pound tiger I got on this leash, who wants to pet him? Golly, it's, it's, but like, like I said, like, we could, if we just said, let's name everything that was just insane that happened in that seven-episode documentary, We'd be recording for five hours at least. There is a uh, man just reading off a list. Multiple uh, husbands who were not gay married to sure. gay men. Oh yes, <laughs> so yeah. it's gotta be up there. Hey, what he that does in the, what he does in the comfort <laughs> hey, of his own home uh, is up to him. I also enjoyed the. I also enjoyed the like his whole explanation of like I'm not gay, but he's like, however, pink real tree. That's my jam, man. He's got they turned around and he's got like yes. he's got like this modded out like AR looking thing like he just dropped into Call of Duty and it's just like <laughs> bright hot paint real tree. I'm like, dude, go for it, man. Yeah, man. I uh my favorite minor thing that you would should that should be a major thing is episode two. There is an, a full on interview with a man who is a who was the the basis for the movie Scarface? Who was oh, a yeah. Cuban oh, drug yeah. lord who had a man murdered and chopped up in front of him? Went to jail, and then you never hear from him again. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. this Not is the most all. interesting person in this show. Now he runs a weird animal farm in Miami. His he client. might be the most honest person with the tigers. It's just like. It's just a hobby. It's you know probably not great. Whatever. Yeah. His his claim is he he got into drugs worse. to yeah, fund right. to fund his animal habit. That was his his literal claim was that he, yeah. he was like yeah, yeah the drugs just uh just needed to fund my animal habit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. The other the other minor thing that should be a big thing and it's the very first scene of the the entire documentary is the snake they show in the parking lot. Like probably within the first 20 seconds of the oh, show. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it should be a major thing to know that on planet earth, there is something that looks like a 57 foot snake. Just, I don't care. It, it could be, it could be, it could be in a supermax prison. I am scared to know that that exists on this planet. <laughs> is that like, in like in the middle of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, there's just this <laughs> massive snake Boom. in the parking lot. You guys need to look at a map. And figure out how in the middle of nowhere this oh, yeah. tiger Edward. encampment was. It is in the middle. It is the middle of nowhere. But I used to well, see signs for it all the time. Driving to my really? sister who lived in my sister lived it, in Norman for a while. I'm driving to her place. Close to the Texas border, kinda. Well, the it new is. one, the new one that that uh, the new one is. that Jeff is building is. Jesus, when I put that Joker pretty much halfway in between Oklahoma City and Fort Worth. Yeah, a little closer to Oklahoma City. The new- it bothers me okay. that they call it Winnie Wood because it's, yeah. clearly, it's clearly Winwood. 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 Well, they, we've been over uh, town pronunciations on this program before, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. 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 Lafette. Lafette. Lafayette. <laughs> the uh, the new one is going to be by the Windstar, which guys, that is its own documentary. Did you know the largest casino 
outside of um, Singapore and what's the other one out there in, in Asia? Macau. Macau, yeah. Outside of Macau is in the Texas Oklahoma border. It's called the Windstar. It's really? bigger than any of Vegas's casinos by a good portion. It is massive. Interesting. So how just, likely is it that that place ever actually opens? After this? Mm. 100%. <laughs> Even with, oh, yeah. when uh, Jeff Lowe goes to jail? Jeff Lowe's not going to jail. That's the one thing Jeff Lowe does best, is not go to jail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except you know, he, the... he did go to jail for, for some like petty stuff somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, number one is not going to jail. Number two is somehow convince beautiful women to come to bed with him by looking at tigers. I don't really know how that works. Well, he told uh, you on the show. Yeah. Little pussy gets big pussy. He is that dude. <laughs> Jeff Lowe is the seediest yet most honest person on the show. He's out for cash, and that's the, it. The scene where he is picking his nanny. With his wife, oh my yes. god, is like one of the most repellent scenes I've ever seen. Like I felt bad. I felt bad watching that. Yeah, it's just like this is exactly how this guy operates. That's it. And who is that wife? Like, there's I have like, how old do you think Jeff Lowe is? And she's got to well, be twenty two. I don't. I don't know. Have you have you seen the uh, the the theory? You have seen the theory online where. Jeff Lowe may be someone else in the oh, show. The theory that Jeff Lowe is actually Carol Baskin's first abusive <laughs> husband, and yes. that she hired him to kill to get Joe put in jail. Yeah, that's a good theory. Ooh. I also like how Joe dresses like it's uh, 2005. Like my man, my man is rocking the my man is rocking the Oakley flat brim. Uh, like, oh, Jeff, oh, yeah, God. with the bandana. Yeah, yes. Jeff dresses bandana. like he is NWO black and white. Well, you guys haven't seen me in a while. I I told you that's my new look. Oh, that's your quarantine look? You got the (laughs) Oakley flat brim, the weird bandana, the the true religion jeans. No, 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 I can't can't do that. This is a whole new look, Ryan. He's got an affliction tee on. Looking like a motocross, looking like a motocross racer's manager. Yeah. (laughs) Looking like the dad of the weirdest girl at the softball field. Yeah. Oh, that one hit hard. Yeah. <laughs> and is, she did uh, too. Uh, <laughs> he's the definitely yeah. the strangest. I, I think he is actually the strangest person on the show. Jeff Lowe is. Yeah. Remember when he pulls in that giant Hummer? Yeah. He's like, I'm telling you, he takes his 2005. And then he, yeah. that one, <laughs> and then uh, there's a lot of Hummers on this show. Because there's that Hummer, and then there's the, the oh, yeah. guy with no Hummer. legs who... Frankie. You think, oh, dude's got no legs. He's probably got both of them bit off yeah. by a tiger. No, yeah. he lost him in a zip line accident. And then which worked is... too hard. <laughs> God. Yeah, another guy that just said, yeah, just take it. Yeah. He had an option to keep his feet. Just just like uh, the girl had the option to keep her if, arm. If you haven't <laughs> seen... Nah, it's easier to just take it. If you haven't seen this show, uh, maybe you're picking up on the fact that uh, this sort of operation attracts a certain kind of person. Uh, to, to come work at it. People who the just best... love animals. Well, <laughs> mostly ex-cons. Um, he would hire ex-cons. He only yeah. hired ex-cons, and he said it was because they would be loyal to me. I think we call that grooming in the business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, 
One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, he just hired hired people with nowhere else to go. Also, there's so many Hummers in this show because, like, the Hummer is still, like, to this day, the, the Hummer is still the vehicle that a stupid person buys when they get rich. <laughs> where it's just like, correct. This is the least economical. This is the least. It's it's out of fashion now. It's it's you know, like I said, it's 2005 all over again. And there's like, man, it would be cool. That's good point. What you would be cool, you what would be cool is if I bought an SUV that had worse gas mileage than a bus. What if I did that? <laughs> what if I what if, what if I did that? And they're like, well, you are the Tiger King. So well, what if I got a Yukon that had a different body that made it worse in every yeah. feasible way? They're, they're not even the cool Hummers. No. They're buying the H twos that are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> They've never been cool. Straight. Straight up, straight up looking like looking looking like you have to drive it through Fallujah. Just, yeah. just, just, here we come. You know what I love? Plastic. Let's get the car with the most plastic yeah, yeah. that I can possibly get on a car. <laughs> and like sorry, sorry to all our Hummer H two uh owners out there. <laughs> Yo, Ed Orgeron's listening to this podcast, but like, you get a Hummer. <laughs> I got a Hummer. <laughs> Still one of the top ten best videos on the internet. Oh yeah, no. Coach O. My favorite things about Coach O is that how he he jumped all in on. I am going to be the voice of coronavirus protection for the state of Louisiana. Like he's done like ten PSAs and it worked. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it straight up works. Like I was talking to um, my my friend who covers LSU for us, Bernie Miller, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, like it's people started taking it seriously down here after." Coach O's, you know, big PSAs in the press conference and stuff like that. Like, it's kind of crazy how much weight he carries in that state. But, like, you could say the same thing for Saban, and you could say the same thing for Malzahn and all the ones Auburn's done uh, over yeah. the last, you know. Felt See, like I don't know how much. A little too long. I felt like the state took a little too long to pivot towards the, hey, guys, y'all like football? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that was a little late game message. We should have, oh, yeah, that should have been, like, Okay, there's a deadly virus that's coming out of China. It's going to threaten football season. I'm like, man, we'd have been we'd have been on lockdown a long time ago. Nick yeah. Saban should have come out February 5th and gone. I could be out recruiting right now, but instead, I got to be in the house sitting next to Miss Terry for 15 hours a day, and then I go to sleep. But because of you guys, because of you not you knuckleheads going out to the grocery store, everybody go home so I can get this recruiting class to be number one in America. You would have seen every redneck in Alabama locked down. <laughs> and, and the other thing the other thing about it is is going back to what we were talking about earlier like i can kind of get an idea and i mean it i've we've talked to him about it but i can kind of get an idea of what gus is doing right now because gus is also very detail oriented he's very hands-on with his players he's very hands-on with his coaches like he's he's spent these last few weeks making sure everything can like function as well as it can with meetings and making sure everybody's got their grades right and all that and then also he's got you know, his, his grandsons have been in town, um, you know, that. so they're kind of holding up as a, as a family together. And so like, you can see where he's, he's kind of, you know, you can see where the, the time goes for Gus. I have no idea what Nick Saban's doing right now. Cause all that stuff, cause all that stuff, somebody else does it for him. Right. All right. of that, like all of that hands-on nitty gritty stuff that Gus likes to do as a coach. Cause at his core, he's still a high school football coach who enjoys that part of the job. Nick Saban has never had to do, do that stuff in a long time. And you've taken away the things that he likes to do the most. So I have no idea what that man's doing right now. He's watching right. film over and over. He's watching film. 
Oh, I mean, I imagine, unfortunately, probably special teams film. I imagine he's pro- they're probably at the lake house, and yeah, uh, maybe he's out on the lake. I don't know. I don't, I, 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 I I can't imagine that Saban loves that lake house. That is all for recruiting. Uh, oh, for sure. And, but I imagine that's probably where he and Miss Terry are. I'm sure Miss Terry's keeping him busy, though. The that, best case scenario is that he loves it. He loves being in the lake house. He thinks this oh, is yeah. great. And he goes, you know what? Forget this nonsense. I'm not going back the first, to work. First time he ha- yeah, the first time he hasn't you know, had to do the day job in however long, like 40 years. So. Just retired, Nick. If you're yeah. listening to dealership. this. He's going to go in the dealership now. Yeah, go in the Mercedes dealership. Your bank. They'll probably give him a yeah. bank. Did alone. So yeah, much business the Saban Bank would make. Oh man! <laughs> Just imagine the the debit cards with his face on them. You could sell out. I mean, in there. I mean, in there. In there, like a credit union or something with Paul Bryant. It's because yeah, he owns Bank. the bank. Yeah, Bryant Bank. Yeah, yeah, bank. yeah, yeah. So my, I mean, my friend used to live above the bank in downtown Tuscaloosa. Funny enough, he yeah. owns the bank. Hi. Anyway, <laughs> no, no, I'm going to get into. Why he gotta watch out for that though. <laughs> gotta watch out for that though, because Auburn's got some history with that one as well. So right. <laughs> so um, back to Carol Baskin. We find out that <laughs> Joe is obsessed with Carol Baskin because she is obsessed with Joe for some weird reason. She's obsessed with anybody who owns cats and breeds them because she, although she used to breed cats, has now seen the light and decided that was bad. And that instead, all those cats should be at her farm where yeah. people can come pay her to look at them. And then they just die. And, they don't and work, go anywhere else. Yeah, work for her for nothing. Yeah, volunteers yeah. for her not not a nonprofit. This is not a 501c3 that she's running. This is a business that she runs that people volunteer to work at her business. But she was like, I, I don't know half of these people's names. I'm like, cool. <laughs> yeah. These are, these are people who are handling large animals that yeah. could kill you and everyone else. They get the red shirt. That means they're doing this. They have the brown shirt. That means they're interns, blah, blah, blah. Then Joe, meanwhile, gets so mad about her that he dedicates his life to building a television studio and going online every night to talk crap. About Carol Baskin. It made me feel so good, by the way, when he's like, oh, yeah, we had like 80 people listen. Like, yes, we beat that. <laughs> yeah, Orange and Truth got better than that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, by the way, here, Kitty Kitty, best, oh. best track since, like, what, hit him up? Like, oh, <laughs> like, it's just... All right, here's another thing I discovered the other day, and I feel like not enough people have talked about this. Um, so, the hit, the, the the king maker of the Tiger King, of course, is Joe Exotic's smash uh, country single, I Saw a Tiger, right? Sure. It's a great one. It's a, right. it's a bop. It I Saw a Tiger, a Tiger song. Saw a Man. I Saw a Tiger. Yes. Tiger song. Okay. Incredible song. They play about, like, for most of the show, I think they only play, like, the first couple of verses and maybe a couple of runs to the chorus. Uh, the third verse of that song, I encourage everyone to look it up, the lyrics of it. I don't want to go too far into it, but he does say the word Holocaust in the third verse of the song. <laughs> Oof, magoof. Yes, I, yeah. I, you I, say I, I, he says Holocaust, but didn't we discover that uh, this isn't yes, actually yeah. him singing this? Yes. Discover. Yeah, good lip sync, though. <laughs> I, I did. I did note that 
when that they do play that once on the show, and I, I didn't know. I was like, oh, ho- Holocaust, okay. Jeez. Yeah, it is like, I'm like, what? Okay, all right. I the, feel like that's not being mentioned enough. The first line of the song is, hey, all you hunters, put down your guns. And the next line's like, Something about a tiger. Yeah. Who is Tell shooting the these tiger tigers? Needs a little bit of love. Yeah, and like the, the 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 music video has a man like out in the woods of obviously Oklahoma, yeah. pointing a gun, and then he puts it down. Ostensibly, it's, is he shooting at a tiger in Oklahoma? It's not just a man. It's it's his uh, yeah, it's his husband, second husband, John. John. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. He's not like uh, it's a song to spread awareness. And to be like, don't kill tigers. And like... That they can see The men. problem is, is that... Yeah, he's like, yeah, exactly. Because he, he's some hick in Oklahoma when he's like writing this like song where the target audience is like, dudes, dude, like Bengali dudes, I guess. Like, who is still hunting yeah, tigers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You have to go You have to go way out to find exactly. people who are hunting tigers. You All got it, Joe. I will shoot zero tigers from here on out. Here you go. Here it is. Here it is. All that Armageddon, such a painful loss when they kill all the tigers and the Holocaust. Not a Holocaust, the Holocaust. That's the the one. The. I missed that it's part of world like, history class. Bro, bro, wild stuff. But then here, Kitty, wild. Kitty. CMA award this year. Oh man, it's gonna get covered by somebody. It's gonna be hilarious. Here, Kitty, Kitty. Uh, is, somebody Joe did it. What is Joe going to do a cover of Old Town Road? That's that's the question. Woof. Well, Joe has coronavirus, <laughs> and he's currently in the hospital with it, so I don't know. Maybe not any ever. <laughs> um, the, the Here Kitty Kitty, the best part about it is, how did he find someone who looks exactly like Carol Baskin? Yeah. <laughs> my, brother, my brother was talking to me about this, and it was like, this is a, like he's also a not smart enough and b this was probably a little too early for deep fakes but that looks like a deep fake like, yeah that looks like yeah it is incredible how he found that person yeah it, I, so if you don't oh, so here kitty kitty is a song in which he goes through in detail how he thinks carol baskin murdered her husband and then fed him to the tigers on her farm carol baskin responds with all this not suing him for libel which is telling, but instead, yeah. just saying, "Well, I, what am I going to put a hand through a meat grinder? No one asked you about a hand, Carol. You just <laughs> offered up that information." And then later, oh, when hate, when someone sorry, when someone puts something on Joe's feet, and a tiger goes crazy and tries to tries to bite his feet, she's like, "Well, oh, you wouldn't put perfume on his feet. You'd have to put something like sardine oil. That would get the." No, wait a minute, Carol. Sounds an awful lot like you know exactly what to do to get a tiger to eat a man. And like every move she made after her husband's disappearance slash death slash murder um, is like every move is like, oh, she did this. Yeah. Like all the stuff with the money and and his family and all that. You're like, that is a guilty person. That and is it, an 100%. The documentary kind of person. sets it up for you to believe that she did it. There's like one line where a guy is like yeah dom was like if i can pull this off it'll be the greatest thing i've ever done and like, what what is he talking about and so you're thinking maybe he's faking his own death moving to costa rica but then they went to costa rica no one could find him well, and there's so no sound, nothing about that ever like again he was trying to leave off. her and take yes. all the money yeah right. <laughs> that's what he was trying to pull he off. was trying to disappear 
and then he disappeared. And like his van, his van gets parked at his at, at the airplane uh, <laughs> yeah. airstrip. If the plane's not gone, and his fingerprints not in the van, so somebody literally just He's parked it there to make it look like he drove to the drove to the airstrip, got in the plane, flew away. Yeah, that's the out. That's the yeah. out where it's like where 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 they're trying to be like. Okay, let's 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 hear another perspective. Like, let's play Gassy both sides. Both sides. Maybe he's maybe he's DB Cooper. Like, we just right. don't yeah. know where the dude is. So, so in, in the in the show, she tries to make it out like she doesn't know her brother, who was a sheriff or was a like police officer oh, yeah. this in one, the yeah. town. But uh, it turns out, uh, no, they they know each other just fine. Sure. They, Do you remember her, her defense? Do you remember her defense for not knowing it? She's like, he's like 10 years younger yeah, than me. Yeah, I didn't yeah, really yeah, know yeah. him. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I have a sibling 10 years younger than me. You know who yeah. right over there. Yeah. <laughs> I know who that person is. And I would it's, not it's let her go to jail. <laughs> like, oh, man. Uh, it's rough. It's Freaking rough. Carol Baskin. What's funny is this show, by the end of the show, you have gone from thinking that Joe Exotic is one of the dregs of human existence to he's a sympathetic figure that they've created by the end of the show who is rightfully in jail for a number of reasons. But he is, I mean, he was he was conned into offering money to kill Carol Baskin. Yet he would yeah. have done it anyway. Like, he would well, they, they didn't trick him to, to offering it. They just told him who to offer it to. I don't think he would have actually ever done it, though, without someone putting it in front of him. Putting it in front of him. Also, he needed it. It's called entrapment if the cops do it to you. Right. But these weren't cops. These were con men. (laughs) Yeah, but the whole thing thing about him being a sympathetic figure and, like, being in jail, it's like, as, as my buddy Charles McDonald pointed out on Twitter, like, the dude deserves his own version of Alcatraz just for the funeral. See, oh yes. my god. Oh, yeah. Just, most just uncom- for that. Most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen in my A man life. killed himself because he didn't want to well, be a part of your meth induced trance that got him to may be or may your not husband. have been an accident. Yeah, th- this is this man. is heavy spoiler ter- territory. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The whole show is spoiler territory. <laughs> well, I, I think this is super spoiler. Yeah, I mean I think we're gonna tag this and tell people to you know, watch the show first. Sure watch or fast show. forward to the end of this segment. Yeah. Well, just record this as a guest commentary track. Yeah. Just all sure. seven hours of it. Just yeah. Being like... uh, but yeah, that uh, that funeral scene, wearing the uh, the priest's collar. Why is he wearing a priest uh, collar? Why does Joe do bits with his clothes? <laughs> Why is he talking about his balls? I can tell oh, that on here, right? Yeah. That's the second time he's uh, wearing a priest collar, by the way, in the show. Do you know the other yes. time he's wearing it? Uh. Steering the uh, Here Kitty Kitty, right? In the Here Kitty Kitty oh, music that's video. Right, that's right. That's why he has it. <laughs> For some reason, he's wearing a priest collar the entire yeah. time. Why Why uh, was he wearing it in that video? <laughs> I think he's her conscience. I, say, I don't know. I will say, though, the, I will say, though, the triple marriage, the fits. Oh, man. Drip, drip is so on point. The all there. pink I mean, cowboy shirts. Oh, man. <laughs> that is, like, oh, the, 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 not even the, like, that is number to to that wedding. Come the on. number one thousand most wild thing in the show is a three-way male marriage <laughs> in 
wherever We're Oklahoma. Only one of the one of the yes! men are gay or polyamorous. Well, specified did the did the two other husbands marry each other? Did John and Travis were they? Oh married? yeah, oh yeah, they're all married yeah. because oh, yeah. because no, but when they said that you can kiss your groom, they never kissed because they're not gay, right? Right. <laughs> Like, but they are married to each other. They just love nothing. Like they're fetid. married to the same man, but it's not. I, I don't know. They're hey, true love. They're true. Good love for Joe, though. His fourth his his fourth husband looks like he's like it, that one. Seems like he like he's like a he's like a real deal. Like he's there for him. Yet also yeah. probably Maybe eighteen he, years old. I don't know. His fourth husband like he just he's, met him at a Hollister. <laughs> he looks like he looks like yes. he looks like. He looks like Jeff Lowe's son, wearing yes. all the Hurley stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Man. Uh, man. I could literally man, smell that Abercrombie cologne. Son. Yes. They picked him up at a pack son in Oklahoma City. I was Ryan, like, Ryan, have you ever been into a Hollister? I have, yes. Molly Jordan's pack, got everything. What, what about a pack son? Oh, yeah. Do they still have yeah. Hollisters? Yes. Yeah, Molly George does. Let me tell you. When you walk uh, into a Hollister in 2000, 1999, 2000. You go into you go into a Hollister, <laughs> and that whole you get hit with that wave of cologne, and it's like <laughs> the lights are turned so dim you can't see any of the clothes. Yeah, yeah. man, they're playing a Panic at the Disco song. Well, yeah, I, I, went, I, I went to Aeropostale in middle school, not, not Hollister. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I went into the Auburn Mall not too long ago, and like I don't know why, like it hit me like this um but like i walked by and i was like oh crap american eagle is still a thing like i, yeah. Just, yeah. But I was like what proud <laughs> sponsor of the survive? auburn tigers <laughs> and and f- funny <laughs> funny enough it, it's like outlasted a bunch of other stuff in that mall there was a pack sun in that mall oh, yeah. one time it's gone. oh yeah Hot oh, yeah. topic is gone uh that mall is a great place to go socially distance because you'll be the only one walking around <laughs> And it has been that way its entire existence. I don't. I really don't know how that mall is still standing. There's a toy store in there. Uh, everything is covered in dust. Because you're like, man, yeah, yes. who's been in here? There's a buffet place that's supposed to be super good, though. It's pretty good. I, are they a sponsor? No. People have <laughs> yeah. told me. I'm such in radio. I'm such in radio mode where I'm like, uh, yeah. like if I ever try to make a statement about an Auburn business, I'm like. All right, hold on a second. Do I have to? Am I going <laughs> to burn any bridges here? I haven't eaten yeah, there. Our, I've uh, been told it's good. no longer in business. No, <laughs> I mean, one sponsor. We outlasted oh, oh, him. Don't worry. Oh, don't worry. The lunch break has killed several small businesses in this area before. <laughs> we, are, we are the death knell. Speaking of the lunch break, Josh or Justin, when can they hear you? Yeah, you can hear me uh, 11 to 1 on uh, ESPNAU.com. Um, that's 11 to one central for all of you who are not on God's time. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you're in the area, it's on ESPN 1067. All right. So that was our tire King segment and we are going to take a break and come back and talk about weird things that you're into. Pause. And we're back. We're going to talk about that niche thing that we're into that nobody else is. Well, like, like Star Wars was cheese last week. A lot of people are into Star niche. Wars. That's not niche at all. No, <laughs> but I think it is. It's not. It is a topic that you can't. You have to like go out and find other people who are as into it as you are. Sure, sure. 
Like not everybody. I think if you're really it. into it, it's niche. Like if you're yeah. like a hardcore fan. If you've read more than one book of Star Wars, it's now it's now a niche. Yeah. yeah. I would say any books. I couldn't Would finish you? the one book that I had, which, which is why I'm not a niche Star Wars fan. <laughs> if you got mad when so, Disney got rid of all the old canon, there you go. You might be a Star mad. Wars I fan. I wasn't, I wasn't mad at all about that. <laughs> I know a lot of people that were upset. And I and so I, I own every book from before Disney took over, and I was not mad that they because it had gotten really bad. But that's way off. That's in the weeds right there. So has so has everybody done this or like what's the what's the uh, well last week was our first one thing? okay yeah so, so mine's gonna be wrestling with Josh and yeah. Star Wars with Chief oh I thought of one that's not wrestling it is wrestling though that that's the one for <laughs> me but I, I did think of something that wasn't wrestling so what do you got so um, I was actually having a conversation about this with somebody the other day um, for someone who grew up like me in a small town in South Alabama, you know, most of the people, and I'm sure some of you guys on here or people who listen definitely around this age group will be like this, you know, like when you're growing up, like country music is going to be like everywhere. And like that, like everybody's going to listen to country music. Everybody's going to listen to like the mainstream pop stuff. And like, that was never me growing up. Um, I just, I was the one who me and two of my friends in high school, we were the ones who we got really into like, late 2000s early 2010s metalcore and sure. that is still nice. probably my number one or number two genre of music when i was a sophomore in college the <laughs> by far one of the weirdest thing i've ever ever done when i was a sophomore in college um me and one of my friends went to four uh metalcore shows in the span of about five days it was five days two in birmingham two in atlanta we kind of went back and forth uh it was also finals week so oh, we would go take our finals during the day, drive, drive back, go to class, and like I got like probably ten hours of sleep that week, but it was it was it ruled. Define metalcore. So metalcore is um, metalcore is a combination of like metal and hardcore punk. So it's kind of like the uh, it's screamo is what a lot of people would kind of refer to it as. So it's like. Like most people think heavy metal, they'll think like Metallica or like some of like the Slayer, like the big, like the bigger name right. kind of stuff like that, like the dun, 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 that, that kind sure. of stuff, like real kind of slower and choppier. This has elements of hardcore punk in it, so it's like fast drums, a lot of it's super speedy um, and stuff, it's stuff like that, a lot of screaming, a lot of a lot of mosh pits, a lot of stuff like that. So like Maylene and the very, Sons of Disaster. Yes. Yes. My favorite. Yes. yes. Maylene. If you I can put Maylene. a banjo, if you can put a banjo in a metal band, you can. Hell yeah. You can, <laughs> right. That sounds four pain as hell. Oh, it's no, a, they're from Maylene, Alabama. <laughs> no, they're from they're from Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's like Under Oath, The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Uh, all right. If you, I am a, I am a. <laughs> I've seen Under Oath no, uh, six, uh, five times. I've seen Under Oath. There you go. The you last go. time, okay, last, so, so, so. the last time I saw him, though, uh, I realized that I, I was maybe too old. I got like I was because I mm. love being in the pit. Right about seeing kids. Yeah. yeah, and I got and I got tired. Like and <laughs> I ended up going to the back and drinking a water at the bar at the back of the the old masquerade. 
Uh, oh yeah. And I was like, yep, I enjoyed it. I was like, oh, I think, uh, I think that my time has passed. Uh, yeah, I was definitely a child of uh, the early, uh, the late 2000s uh, Vans Warp Tour scene. Nice. So not only did you get metalcore, but you get the more the emo, the you know, Paramore, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mayday Parade. So you know that that kind of that kind of yeah. swinging into that, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's kind of in my. Uh, that's probably the one thing that it's the one thing that people do like. Uh, I don't know. Uh, people who are listening to this have probably seen my picture on Twitter or something like that. It's like, I, I don't look like a guy that would necessarily be into that, but like, yeah. that was, that was, that people thought I was weird growing up when I was like, just going all out to that. That was, that was my thing. I think you and I have talked a lot nice. about me without you. That's like my all time favorite band. Yeah. It's my favorite yeah, band of all time as well. Yep. Yep. And just yeah. like, that's so. just a, a weird, when like when you play, like when I met my wife and she was like, what kind of music was I like, well, I listen to a lot of things, but my favorite band <laughs> is this band called Me Without You. And so I, and I was like, but don't worry about it. Like I, I didn't play her any songs because I knew she'd be like, what the heck is this? And so I played yeah. her a song one time and she was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> yeah, like, because don't worry about, the thing about, about Me Without You is, the thing about Me Without You is so great is it's like, depending on what album it is, it could be, something completely completely different like early on it's very much like post-hardcore emo kind of spoken word kind of back and forth stuff then they get into like this weird kind of like folky period in the middle yeah and then these last few they've gone on full like end of the world kind of post-rock and it's like all right well this is uh it's it's a real barometer but oh yeah it It is super loud and then you have aaron weiss just screaming like or not not screaming just yelling because he's not doing like mm-hmm. a screamo yeah. scream. He's just yelling poetry as loudly as he can over it. And I dig it. But most people, you'll play it for them and that's it. They are out at me without you. Done. Done. Yeah. It's so, it's, uh, that was, that was probably, that's probably my thing. Just the, the screamo, the, 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 the metalcore scene from, from back then. Um, and it's still, like, it's still, populates most of my music what was the one do you know one moment that got you into it like you heard one song and you're like this is it i'm in <laughs> yeah uh uh it, it's crazy this is a very this is a very dated sentence i'm about to say and it's going to hit home for like maybe four people that are listening to this um i bought I bought a C- I bought a Me Without You CD specifically. I bought a Me Without You CD at a Lifeway store in Dothan, nice. Alabama. <laughs> it came all of them because it was they were is when they were signed with Tooth and Nail. Tooth and Nail. And and so it came with uh, all of them came with this sampler CD, and it was Tooth and Nail and Solid State. So one side oh, was yeah. Tooth and Nail, the other CD was was Solid State. Solid State first track was 30 and 7 by August Burns Red off of their album Constellations, which came out in like 07, 08. And I was hooked. I was like, this rules. Like, this is the kind of music that, like, you, it is an acquired taste. The screaming is an, is sure. an acquired taste. But uh, I was like, oh, I love the I love the mu- I love the music. I love the, I love the drums. I love the, the guitar riffs are great. I was like, I'm in. I'm in. And so that was, yeah, it was probably that's when I first really got fully into it. And I was like, 13 14 and here i am at 26 still listening to it so <laughs> the first me without you record i heard was 
well, A to B, obviously their first album, someone gave me. And then I bought their second record at Hastings in Auburn because I was in college. Yeah. So I got uh, the second album, Catch for Us the Foxes. So yes. I, got, I got that album at Hastings in Auburn, R.I.P. Hastings in Auburn. And, R.I.P. And uh, I remember playing it and, and being like, yeah, I can't believe people make music like this. This is my favorite band. I like that was the album that they made in my favorite band of all time. Yeah. Yeah. It was brother it was brother sister for me, the one right after that. Yeah. So it was it was their first blend of folky kind of stuff, but then also still keeping that emo kind of if you like people playing post-over. power chords while well, one guy screams Arabic over it and another guy just yells, <laughs> that's the band for you. The drums, the drums yes, get man. you hooked on me because they they t- they they mix them really well and uh, really really start going. Yeah, Hastings, shout out to Hastings by the way. There's nothing quite, there's nothing quite like it either. Like physical that's, media, that's the sad thing. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. I used um, to spend so much. It's an expensive bowling alley. I used to spend so much time in there. And it, you, I wish you guys could have seen my face when I went by there. Cause I knew it was closing. I was like, well, I'm going to go in and see it. And I went by and it was already closed down. And it, it was just mm. sad, sad me standing alone in the parking lot, looking in, <laughs> looking inside the window thinking, Oh, of all the times I spent inside Hastings. Oh, Chief, what was point. the last CD you purchased? Uh, I purchased, um, uh... well, okay. Well, are we talking like uh, I went to a show, so I picked up a CD to try to support the no, band? No, I mean like you heard a CD was coming out. You're excited that CD came out. You went to a store that sold CDs and you bought. Oh, and I had to go to a store because I ordered most of my stuff all online. For yeah, because it's 21st century. Yeah, uh, I mean <laughs> the last CD I was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm buying this was was Metallica, their, their last album. Um, uh, the last CD I went to a store to buy would have been when Hastings was maybe still open. Uh, so it's been a long time. <laughs> no, the last CD I, I remember I buying was at that Hastings on Opelika Road. I was in college, and it was Who is Mike Jones by Mike Jones. <laughs> <laughs> the last brand new CD I remember going there to buy, uh, going to a store to buy, uh, would have been uh, 2004's uh, Minus Mouse um float on that's a good cd that's great okay that's is that the name of the cd um no i don't think so uh it's pretty odd ryan have you ever bought a cd what's that did you ever buy a cd yeah Uh, honestly i don't know if i have personally gone to a store and bought a cd not to say i never had cds but they were purchased. Hey, by the, yeah, by the yeah, by the Ryan, time I was going and buying my own things, I Ryan I downloaded stuff. So. That was the only reason I wanted to ever go to a mall or yeah. anything, any mm-hmm. place was to go to the C, to Sam Goody or whatever CD place Goody they had got there, it. and and look at their twenty five dollars CDs that I was never going to purchase there because they were Dude, they were so expensive. <laughs> like the best thing, thing about how expensive went, that was in like nineteen ninety eight money. Yeah, it was like twenty seven dollars for a freaking uh, wallflower CD. <laughs> the best was uh, when I found out at some point I, I was probably like seventeen. Kmart started selling explicit lyric CDs in their store, Man. and uh, so you could go to Kmart and, and buy. I think I bought DMX's, uh, and then there was X at Kmart. 
I got Outcast's uh, Love Below speaker box, and I got it without the explicit lyrics because my mom made me do that. <laughs> it was um, terrible. Um, okay, so now we're going to get into maybe my niche, my niche love of professional cycling. Because this is something that we've talked about on this show a lot, and I know people are probably like, Oh, what a weirdo. He watches guys in Lycra ride their bikes around Europe. Well, oh. <laughs> it started like probably a lot of people in this country who ever watched cycling started was because of Lance. And like, I'm part of that generation that even though he is like maybe the biggest dirtbag in the history of American sports, will still defend him to the death because I don't have my favorite sport without him being in it. And getting me to like it. So it's like, yeah, he cheated, uh, but so was like 80. They proved that 87% of everybody who ever finished in the top 15 of any of the races he was in has tested positive for the same drugs he was on. That's neither here nor there. In 19, let's see, that would have been 2000 or 2001, I got injured playing football and was. It was a back injury, it was a really bad back injury, and so I basically missed six games of my sophomore year of high school. And when I was coming back from that injury, had to ride the exercise bike. But our coaches were crazy, and they made people you could not take your helmet off during football practice, mm-hmm. even if you were injured. So I am sitting on an exercise bike in like an Under Armour t-shirt and my like pads, football thigh pad girdle and cleats and riding an exercise bike with a helmet on for the entire practice. That's all I could do. So for an hour and a half, two hours, I'm just riding this exercise bike. And all the coaches would just call me Lance. And I had no idea what they're talking about. Because it's like 2002 probably actually. Oh, two, I have no clue who Lance is or who Lance Armstrong is, other than the fact that I know he's a Texan because that was a big deal and they've won some bike races. I had no idea. But the coaches all called me Lance. I was called Lance for that entire season by everybody because I was on the bike so much. And then that summer, I began, I saw NBC was showing the Tour de France. And so I was like, all right, I'll watch this. Oh, this is this Lance guy everybody keeps talking about. And that was it. I fell in love with the sport and have, from 2002 until now, never missed a Tour de France. Have now gotten to where I watch all the other races and watch replays of other races and all that stuff because it's so difficult to find. So a lot of times I'll know who won because the the U.S. doesn't get the feed and then find it on YouTube the next day and watch the race. But... It's a it's a tough sport to like because similar to liking uh, European mm. soccer chief, you find out everybody is a dirtbag. Like all yeah. the owners are terrible. <laughs> Everyone's cheating in FIFA. Well, the UCI is the exact same animal. The business model for the sport, I mean, as a college football fan, I get it. <laughs> but like, uh, okay, the, the the prize for winning the Tour de France this year, the last year was five hundred thousand dollars. For the winner. That was the purse. 25 years ago, it was $500,000. So. Every every international governing body is just run by a bunch of dirtbags. Dude, 
What if I told uh, of you sport, of sport? What if I told you that oh, the, not, the just not, even, not even just sport? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna, I was say. The bike riders don't make one dollar of television money. The teams don't make one dollar of television money. How do they allow that to happen? College so, football. So, <laughs> so like the TV that's broadcasting the Tour de France, NBC is paying the organizer ASO who owns the race tons of money to show this race on television. None of that money makes it to Team Cannondale or Team Trek. Like none of that, they don't get a dollar of that money. The only way they get any money is from sponsorships on the shirts. That's it. That's 100% of their revenue. Wow. Is can can we sell every inch of our riders shirts? So like this virus is going to destroy this sport because most of the sponsors are like there's a one of the biggest sponsors is this company called Quickstep who makes laminate flooring you can buy for your house you can get it at Lowe's Quickstep floors people aren't going to be renovating their house this year during this during this like economic recession so that company's going to have no money coming in are they going to keep sponsoring a bike team if not that team doesn't exist next year the other companies a lot of oil companies sponsor teams a lot of oil-rich nations like Bahrain and the UAE sponsor teams. Price of oil is at twenty dollars a barrel. Yeah, price of oil is twenty dollars a barrel. Are they going to have enough cash to sponsor a team next year? Are they going to want to sponsor a team next year? If they don't, that team doesn't exist. So, like literally next year, either the sport doesn't exist or all the teams are different names. The riders have to move around. It is Skype, Zoom, Citrix. Yes. It's going to be all the sponsors. It's going to be Charmin. <laughs> Team Charmin's going to win and have all the best riders. So I have a question. Yeah. Um, I'm legitimately curious about this. So, like, Chief knows and you know, and anybody who listens to this, any any soccer fan knows, like, you spend your time when people don't like soccer being like, what do you find interesting about it? Like, what do you, what do you, yeah. what do you think is cool about it? And – you know, for me, it's always like yeah, I grew up playing the sports, so it's a little di- so it's a little different. But also, it's just like the the style of play, and like even though it's not wall to wall action, but it's just those those you know ten or fifteen moments pretty much every game where you're like, oh, it's about to be something crazy is about to happen. Like it's yeah. that build up, that anticipation. You love that. So my question to you, as someone who watches cycling on TV and loves the sport, like what are the what are those moments to be like? Why is this something you would want to watch on TV? Yeah, so well, he got a Lidstrong bracelet and he just couldn't let it go. Yeah, there's a uh, there's actually there's a I'm ton of like to death, but gosh, I gotta support Lance. <laughs> there's a team. There's a lot of team strategy. The more you watch, the more you realize okay. how much how much the teams are working against other people and for their guys. But then, like, okay, the main thing is I ride bikes, and so I can mm-hmm. go out and ride 15 miles, 20 miles, 30 miles. And I know what that feels like to ride 30 miles on a bike. Then to watch somebody ride 120 miles on a bike, pushing speeds, because all their speeds are tracked, that would be my fastest speed of my ride. And they're averaging that speed for the entire 120 miles. is just insane. So it's kind of more of like mm-hmm. the, like um, one of the reasons I like basketball, because I can shoot a basketball. I know how difficult it is to make a three-pointer. Right. So to watch somebody make 10 threes in a row or whatever, it's just, it's, it's outrageous. I push about 150 to 200 watts of power when I ride my bike. That's my average output. Okay. 
Peter Sagan, who's one of the best cyclists in the world, will average triple or four times that for a race. So he is literally four times better than me. Over, But he's doing it over the course of 120 miles. Um, but also you get like the same race people watch NASCAR. Like right. people watch NASCAR for the wrecks. Mm-hmm. And in bike racing, there are tons of wrecks too. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's guys, you see their faces, they're just suffering. I think that's the aspect I get of it, out of it too, is you watching somebody put themselves through through a tremendous amount of pain for the chance at winning something. And I think I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like the, the only other thing I've throw in there that I've always like, and this is someone who's barely watched anything with, with cycling, but like when they go in those like full on sprints at the end, yeah. when it's just like those Joker, jokers are like six and seven wide, like trying to get to the end. Like that's when it gets like, Oh wow. Like these dudes are hauling. Yeah. They're pushing a thousand Watts sometimes, literally 10 times more powerful than what I normally do when I go out. Um, one of my favorite things are these right now, all the races that have been canceled, this time of the year are what are called the classics. These are like one day, fairly long races, usually in Belgium in horrible weather. Um, and the one that was supposed to be Sunday, so yesterday, if you listen, two days from ago, if you're listening to this tomorrow, the Tour of Flanders. Tour of Flanders has been going for 101 years. They didn't run it this year because of the virus. Usually, mm-hmm. it has this climb. It's like famous in cycling that is about as wide as a desk. It's about two bikes wide and it's straight up and it's cobblestones and it's like a mile long and it's Belgium in the early spring, late spring. So it's pouring down rain most days. I mean, that's exciting to watch. You're watching these guys. Some guys have to fall oh, off their yeah. bikes or walk. It is a blast and it's the Belgian Super Bowl. So the entire country is out on the out, out tailgating standing there watching, drinking beers, eating French fries and mayonnaise and just having a blast. I mean, it's, I think that's what I love about too, is I love seeing, you know, group dynamics and like fans so close, no sport in the world can fans be literally on the field and cyclists can like punch them in the face to get them out of the way, which happens every year in every race because dummies are just running right next to them. So I would, I would encourage my. I sound like a NASCAR fan. If you can go to a race, man, you just got to go because you'll hear that, hear them come by, and then that'll be it. You'll be sold. But yeah, so, go to a race, you'll be sold. So I didn't, I, I didn't listen to all the one last week, but I know Josh was on to talk to talk wrestling. Are any of y'all wrestling people? Not any anymore. We. Used to, uh, I used to. We all were at different points in our lives, but I, yeah, I yeah, watch yeah. I watch uh, Royal Rumble and WrestleMania every year. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. I watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Christmas and Easter churchgoer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's uh, I didn't want to completely get it, get onto it, but we were talking a little bit before we hopped on. I was like, yeah, my my other thing is like Japanese pro wrestling. I is, meant is to like ask a weird thing. I meant to ask Josh if he was into that, because that's like the uh, the the crack cocaine of wrestling. Like, uh, dude, what, it is. What, it once is. You, <laughs> what, once you've uh, exhausted your, uh, gotten all you can get out of uh, WWE, then you move on to maybe AEW or you know 
TNA or something like that. Yeah, and then, yeah. then you move on to Japanese pro wrestling. This is the this is so, like the classics of cycling. Everybody's a Tour de France fan, and then you hear somebody right. go, "Oh man, I'm watching you know Barry Roubaix. Okay, that dude, that dude smokes. Everyone's he smokes cycling. Yeah, it's gotten a whole lot easier, but like in the United States, but like you know, my whole thing, my old gateway to it was. Um, so when I was at high school, uh, I don't know, it's, it's called Access TV now, but it used to be HDNet, Mark Cuban's oh, yeah. channel yeah. Uh, from way back in the day. They used to show Ring of Honor, which if you don't know wrestling, Ring of Honor is like the like AAA wrestling. Like it's like right before you get to the big show. And like I always watched that. It was me and my dad would watch it all the time. We thought it was awesome. Well, so many people in Ring of Honor ended up going to Japan later on. And in like 2015, Access started showing Japanese wrestling. And I was like, I like wrestling. Let's see. The, and I, I hooked, hooked. Me and Justin Lee, you know, of the OA News, we went to uh, we went to Dallas last summer because New Japan was bringing their biggest tournament of the year to the United States for their for, for the opening round. And we were like, oh, we have to go. We have to go. And so <laughs> we made our pilgrimage to to the American Airlines Arena. That <laughs> is whatever it is. Hilarious. Yeah. It, and uh we went and watched we went and watched Japanese pro wrestling. And well, some uh, most of those guys now are in AEW and stuff like that. So it's a little bit more accessible, but the, they, they the, cut their teeth in Japanese wrestling. To, to tie into that, uh didn't uh, AJ Styles wasn't he over there in Japan for a while? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. He, there's he fought, so many. He fought Taker this weekend in a uh, pre-recorded <laughs> match. That was a so movie, man. We, so when we were talking about we were talking earlier about you know metalcore emo warp yeah. tour all that hot topic. Somebody brought up hot topic earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the big things that made Japanese pro wrestling cool in the United States is everybody at hot topic was buying bullet club t-shirts. Mm. Bullet club was originally AJ styles. Um, that was like his big, the evil Americans that were in Japan, they all get in. They were just this cool faction. And that's like, I have like three bullet club shirts. Like I'm, I'm, nice. I'm a Mark and, uh, it's, yeah. So everybody, everybody gets in that way, but yeah, there's a lot of these guys who are in like WWE that are like literally were huge in Japan and yet still they wanted, cause up until recently, it was only, if you like Japanese wrestling, you were in Japan or you were a nerd in the United States. And now it's a little bit, a little bit bigger in the U S but like you want to like reach the entire world, you go to WWE. So it seems like though Josh, from what I could gather, was like big WWE guy. His pictures, yeah. Yeah. his pictures of him that cosplaying as like Taker yeah. and and Incredible. And I was like, I was like, oh my god, like that is that is just next level. Incredible. Next Look, level. I'm, I'm in for, awe. Thank you for having. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, yeah, it was fun. And if you ever need a Tour de France correspondent for the lunch break. <laughs> may not may not have it this year. They uh, yeah. they've already maybe uh, they may uh, have to postpone it when the Olympics decided it's uh, it's postponing itself to next year. It was really funny because they picked the exact same day the Tour de France is supposed to start next year. So that's going to be a blast mm-hmm. uh, seeing how that's going to get figured out. So, Chief, anything else you want the listeners to know? Uh, no, I. Uh... I've got not got a lot going on. Uh, work slowed down a bit because everything got canceled, and uh, just been playing Animal Crossing. Well, uh, if you I've, go, I've to, enjoyed the Animal Crossing. If you guys listen and go to the website, <laughs> give a uh, Zach Blackaby start writing for us. And it's really good stuff. So go on the website and and give it some comments. 
we uh, we're trying to throw up as much content as possible. Jack's doing a pretty good job. I haven't written anything in weeks, so don't don't uh, don't at me about that. Mm-hmm. Ryan, do you have anything you're gonna write anytime soon? <laughs> Uh, who knows, man? I'm still busy with work. I know, man. It's just like... I gotta pick. I gotta pick a KBO team, though. Yeah, there you go. We get really uh, into Korean baseball. So let's see. How about be a fan of the NC Dinos? Done. The NC Dinos. Dinos. Like Dino. Oh, they are oh. Uh, Dinos. Yeah, they're the official team yeah. at Origin True. Done. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, they uh, opening day is on the twentieth. Maybe I'll provide updates. Done. Yeah, uh, I need updates. Find a way to watch these games. I want to know who my favorite player is and how he likes his kimchi. <laughs> can I uh, can I plug before we? Before yeah, we go, go for it. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, just like you guys and like anybody who's trying to do anything sports related during this time, not a whole lot's going on. So, um, but this has allowed me to try to get a little bit more creative at at the athletic. Um, I just wanted to shout out. Uh, the story I did today on um, why there's never go- why there hasn't been nor will there ever be a national champion like 2010 Auburn in college football history. I'm like pretty convinced of this, um, and I have that up at the Athletic. If you don't subscribe, we have 90 day free trial because we're not going to make you we're not going to make you pay to go through this right now. Yeah, <laughs> this this weird time. If you're like I don't know if I want to spend money right now to join the athletic, like yeah, we get that. Uh, so uh, yeah, just check that out. We got some uh, more stuff coming up. But I, I I wrote about nicknames. I've written about. I've done mailbags. I've done anything that can kind of stick right now. So um, yeah, just wanted I've been to shout that. I've been subscribing for over a year now, and that's definitely my favorite place to read about Auburn. And here's the thing: is you don't just get you know, Auburn stuff if you subscribe. If you're a Braves fan or a Predators fan or you know, all your teams, they're there. So, yeah. And yeah. yeah. And if you're, and if you're lucky, I might, uh, I might uh, quote you for one of my stories. I, I know I've done that with several <laughs> yeah. people. Oh, yeah. I've done that with several people on this call in the past. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, I appreciate it guys. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, we'll hear to come back on. Oh, oh for sure. What else I got to do? Yeah. <laughs> everybody listen to this about nothing for all day oh for sure y'all stay safe and uh stay inside unless you absolutely have to leave your house bonus <laughs>